All right, here I am down at the creek. I'm gonna tell you a story. It's, it's, it's the best story you'll ever hear in your life. It'll change your life. It's a true story. And I'm down here at the creek where my grandkids are, one, a couple of, let's see, three. Three out of 27 grandkids are down here fishing. And Lincoln, the little guy, he's four years old. He, he caught five trout the other day by himself down here fishing. So maybe he'll catch one while we're talking. This story is the most amazing thing you'll ever hear. You've wondered about God. You've wondered about why he put you here. You've wondered about your purpose in life. Maybe you blame God, you faulted him. I mean, it looks like he's doing a pretty lousy job of running the universe, right? So how do we account for that? How do we explain that? All the sickness, all the sin, all the suffering, all the misery, it's pretty bad. And then personally, some of you struggle with addiction and other problems in life. And some of you have health problems. Some of you marriage problems. Some of you kids, you've, your parents have been less than ideal. And so a lot of people just turn against God. They say, why would God allow a world like this? You know, there was a story written many, many years ago. Disney did a, a great movie on it years ago called Pinocchio. And it's one you read to your kids, but it had a lot of wisdom in it. Geppetto was a puppet maker and he wanted to have a little boy. He didn't have any kids. And so he made a puppet out of wood, little wooden joints and what all, and put strings on it so that he could make his puppet dance or do whatever he wanted to do. He could even make it mouth move and he could talk for it. So he danced with his puppet and had a good time, called his little boy, but you know, there was something missing in Geppetto's life. And it's kind of like people say, why does God allow me to do what I do? Why does he allow other people to do what they do? Well, we're not like Pinocchio. We're not like that puppet. God doesn't have us on strings. The whole world is not on strings. God's not manipulating the world and making it do everything he wants to do. He's not responsible for everything it does. Now, if we were puppets, he would be. If God did have strings on all of us, on the government, on the missiles, on the diseases, if he had strings on it and he was deciding what happens when and he moved everything around like players on a chessboard, then yeah, God would be at, at fault for all of this. So along comes a little fairy and does her little magic and all of a sudden Geppetto has the heart and of a little boy, brain of a little boy. And, and so he can think and he can love and he also has a free will. Uh, he can choose. Actually, he can decide now to obey Geppetto or not. He can decide to go out on his own, which eventually he did. He decided to go out on his own and he, he decided to indulge himself and he got all kinds of indulgences and it turned him into a jackass, which is what sin will do to you. It'll turn you into an ass. And so, his friends turned into jackasses before he did, but he hung in there and made a prisoner, a slave, to his own lust, his own choices. Now, at that point, Geppetto could have said, I mean, uh, Pinocchio could have said, why did Geppetto make me like this? Well, Geppetto made you with just strings, but the little fairy turned you into the potential for being a real boy. He still had his wooden body, but he had the brain of a little boy. 
free will of the little boy. When Geppetto found that Pinocchio had been turned into a real boy, he was absolutely delighted because now he had fellowship, he had friendship, he had a family. So many millions of years ago, billions, I don't know, when God created the universe, and then a few thousand years ago when he created man on this planet, God could have created us like trained dogs or monkeys or seals, where we always did what he told us to do and didn't exercise any free choice. But like Geppetto, God would not have enjoyed that. He would not have fellowship. You can't have fellowship with a wooden doll. And so God took a risk, you might say. He endowed Adam with a free choice and said, Adam, you can be what you want to be. You can do what you want to do. And then God communicated with Adam on a daily basis, but there came a point when Adam decided to act independently of God. And when he did, he fell into sin. It displeased God because the way Adam was going was gonna be self-destructive. It was gonna bring harm to himself. And then Adam and Eve had children. And sure enough, one of them exercised his free will, got angry and killed his brother, murdered him just out of jealousy. And so the world descended until you came down to the time of Noah's flood when the world was so corrupt and so wicked it just didn't deserve to live, much like today. And so God wiped the whole world out, out of mercy. He wiped it out, killed everybody but eight righteous souls. And those eight righteous souls started a new family of mankind. But then they came into sin too. And it got so evil, you remember Sodom and Gomorrah where the angels go down into Sodom and Gomorrah? A couple good-looking angels, you know. They didn't have wings, they just fine-looking young men. They went down into Sodom and the Sodomites saw these two angels and said, we want to have sex with them. And Lot, who took them in, said, no, you can't do that. That's not right. So they tried to break down the door. And so the angels did a little that magic angels can do and blinded all of these sodomites. And they still wanted to get to these. They were so full of lust to these angels. When they didn't know the angels, they just thought they're some handsome, good-looking guys. And so that's the kind of world we've, we live in today, where now people justify all sorts of evil. And religion hadn't helped. Religion's created a lot of evil. Religion, in fact, uh, makes evil into a doctrine which allows people to do evil and think it's God's will. So God decided he would send some law down, tell people what to do and how to live. So he had Moses, God recorded 10 commandments. Thou shalt not kill, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. Don't defraud your neighbor. Don't take your neighbor's wife. Don't steal anything. God laid it all out. And so when Moses came down off the mountain with the commandments, they were down there breaking every one of them. They're having an orgy down there, worshiping false gods. Moses threw the commandments down and broke them. God wrote them out again. And so God gave the commandments to these people, the Jews, and they had a hard time obeying them. In fact, the time it was over with after a thousand years, they'd not obeyed them at all. They'd broken every one of them over and over again. A few obeyed. 
A few walked in righteousness, a few God blessed. One of them, God was so excited about him, he just took him to heaven and said, I want you to be with me. You're what, I'm li you're what I've been looking for. You're the little boy I wanted all along. You've got the heart and soul that can share heaven with me. So he took old Elijah up, took Enoch earlier, took two of them, just snatched them out of the world, said, I want you, I like you. And then he called Abraham his friend. He said, this guy's my friend. And he said of David, he said, there's a man after my own heart, a man that loves me. Now it's not because God's selfish that he wants love, it's because it's the best thing for us. To, a man should love beauty, he should love, love love, love righteousness, love forgiveness, love purity, love the idea of caring and sharing and sacrificing yourself for your fellow man. God loves that because that's good for us, it's good for the human race. But so many people just ignore God's commandments. And so after 1,500 years of ignoring the commandments, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God the Son, came to the earth as a baby. You know, uh, you got a fire ant nest down there. I kill all fire ants. But if you wanted to save those fire ants, you might go to them and tell them, look, Mike's coming with some gasoline he's gonna pour down in your nest. It's gonna kill all of you and get the queen. You're gone out of here. You'd talk to them all day, they wouldn't listen. The only way you could communicate with those fire ants is you'd have to become an ant. You'd have to go down there, you have to communicate. So God wanted to communicate with the human race. So what did he do? He became a man, a baby. He grew up, he was tempted like we are. And finally, at the end of his life, he was the man God wanted, like Pinocchio, with a heart that eventually was made a real boy through his sacrifice, his righteousness, and his purity, his nobility. So God made Jesus Christ as a man so that he could live as a man, overcome as a man. So he obeyed the commandments, and more than that, he, he had a heart of love for everybody. He forgave, he had mercy. At the end of his life, he was good enough to go right into heaven. But instead, according to God's plan, he decided to die as if he were the sinner. So it's like God took the sin from this man, and this man, and this man, and this little girl, and this boy, and God gathered up the sin of the whole human race, and he put it on Jesus. So now Jesus, had entered into the courtroom taking the place of the sinners. That's me, that's you, that's everybody. And then Jesus was taken by the Roman soldiers out to a place and there he was crucified, nailed to a cross. And the Bible says our sin was nailed to the cross with him. So when Jesus died as a man, he died carrying my sin. And after his death, he descended into hell. And he was there for three days and nights, not in the fires of hell, but in the bowels of hell. And there he preached to the people who in former ages had loved God and walked in righteousness and loved their fellow man and been pure in heart. And he told them, he said, I've died for your sins. I've paid the price. And now God is going to forgive you of everything you've done. And you're gonna be a new person, a new creature. Like Pinocchio was made new, God's gonna put a new heart in you and a new spirit. 
and you're gonna be a new creature, brand new. So, on the day of Pentecost, thousands of people believed that message. And many of them, an expression of having believed that, went down and were baptized in water. The Spirit of God came upon them and their hearts were changed and they cared about the rest of the people of the world. And they went out to change the world by telling people the good news that Jesus died, buried, and was raised from the dead, ascended into heaven. And many people believed, Romans believed, pagans believed, their lives were changed. Many didn't believe, most didn't believe, but many did. And God's family grew, it got bigger and bigger. But in time, the family of God took on a lot of baggage from people that weren't really believers. They just wanted to go to heaven. They wanted to get in on the ride. And so the church became corrupt. It became terribly corrupt. As corrupt as Hitler was corrupt. And God brought judgment on the world and on the church. And here we are today, many years later, many wars later, and the church is more corrupt than ever before. And I'd say 99.9% .9 of people that call themselves Christians have not got the new heart. They're still out there like Pinocchio, seeking their own lust, their own pride, greed, and they don't have the new heart, new mind. They're not God's boys. They're not God's children. And so people look and say, the church is full of hypocrites. You don't know the half of it. I've been, I've been in the church all my life and it's got more hypocrites than you can imagine. But the story is for you, not, not for you to stumble over the hypocrites, but to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to love him, to love God, to desire to be like him, to worship God. And the moment you, your heart turns, the moment you believe, the moment you say yes, God, I want you in my life. My life wants, my life's gonna be different, I want you. Then the death that Jesus died and the payment that he paid is applied to you. And God puts his spirit, it's not a dramatic where you go crazy jabbering in tongues or doing something nonsensical, but it's a, it's a spirit like, like falling in love. That's what it's like. It's, it's, it's a spirit of love, a spirit of grace, a spirit of mercy that comes into you, a spirit of joy. And it's God saying, you're mine, I love you. And that spirit abides with you the rest of your life. And you won't be sinless right off, you won't. There'll be difficulties, there'll be troubles. If you had an addiction, you'll still have it, but God is gonna be there to help you overcome it. And he's gonna have mercy with you and patience while you overcome it. And so the good news, this is called gospel. The gospel is good news. Good news of what God's done for you. Not the news of what you need to do for God, but what he's done for you. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Just believe that sweet message. Get your Bible, read uh, the book of Mark or Luke. And you'll read about Jesus and all that he did. Uh, so I'm glad to be able to tell you that story today. Uh, it's the sweetest story you'll ever hear. So I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go and cast my net, catch some minnows, so Lincoln out there can catch some trout and smallmouth bass. He, he's got a freezer full of fish right now. He's getting them up, big fish fry for everybody. 
So that's the story. <laughs> Trout love these little critters. So do the smallmouth bass. There you go. Grab it. Grab it. Pick it up. All right, take it to Lincoln. Wow. All right, we're gonna have some fun. Tomorrow we're going out on the Tennessee River to a big river in the boat, and Lincoln's gonna catch a whole mess of bluegill and shell crackers that are bedding up on the full moon here in May. See you later. <laughs>